the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a series of messages called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life, on the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22. One verse that I'm going to seek to press into all of us, to preach to all of us, seeking to preach to myself this morning, as uh, this is about family and about discipline, about training up children. It's something that applies to all of us. So Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 is among the best-known Proverbs of Solomon. The wisdom of the wisest man in the Old Testament, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. One simple sentence, two parts, laying out what it is that the wise parent will do. A wise parent will train up a child in the way of the Lord God. A wise parent will discipline their child. A wise parent will catechize their household. A wise parent will commit to the vows that they make at baptism. Every time we have a baptism in the congregation, I'm thankful for it. Every time it happens, we join in this vow together. But one of the things that I ask every parent is this. Do you promise to instruct your child in the truth of God's word, in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ? Do you promise to pray for this child? Do you promise to teach this one to pray? And do you promise to train this little one in Christ's way by your example through worship and in the nurture of the church? That's a vow that everyone that's presenting a child for baptism is asked to respond to. Thus far, we're 100%. Everybody said yes. We haven't had any no's after that one so far. And so, listen, we're on the hook. We've made vows together, myself included. I've made this vow three times in your presence. That's the first part of the proverb. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And there's a proverbial result that comes from all of that. What tends to happen is when this is pursued in the power of the Holy Spirit is that the child learns from their parents and starts to follow 
their parents. It's something that happens naturally. It's the way that God has made the world. It's something that you might find about yourself as you are uh, just going through life. I had a realization just in the course of the service during the offertory today. I was humming along and I thought that's exactly what my dad did every worship service at Brookfield CRC. I thought, I'm my dad. And I realized that just the natural way of him engaging in the worship service has led me to do the same thing now that I'm an adult as well. This is a natural process. And so a word to anyone who's a parent today, and it's fitting on Mother's Day like today where we recognize that there are just so many genuinely excellent mothers in this congregation and in our lives that we're talking about training up children. But understand, too, that I'm speaking to all Christians. I'm speaking to anyone who's ever made a vow at baptism to any of our little ones. You are a spiritual parent, even if you have no biological children of your own. Because one of the things that happens immediately after the parents who are presenting the children for baptism in our vows that we're making is the whole congregation is asked to respond to a vow. And all of us agree that we will be engaged in teaching this little one the gospel. And so this is a word to all of us today, to all parents, biological, adopted, spiritual. My invitation to you today is to fully embrace your most important task, to train up children to know and serve the Lord. I want to plead with you to fully embrace your most important task, to train up children to know and serve the Lord. Let's, let's walk through this together because I want to do a couple of things. The first thing I want to do is I want to talk about Proverbs again just to make sure that I'm not pre- placing any sort of undue guilt or burden on anybody. I want to talk about the nature of Proverbs as we start. And then I want to talk about this important responsibility to which we're called. And then I want to end briefly by just saying a word to some of the children who are here. And again, as we talk to children, uh, I'm guessing most of you... Uh, have parents, uh, uh, even if they've gone to be with the Lord, which means that you also are the one receiving the word that I'm going to speak to the children. First, let's talk about the nature of Proverbs. It's important for us at the outset to, again, talk about what a proverb is, because a proverb is not a guarantee. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 is not saying that God is a vending machine, that you put in the requisite amount of training up a child in the way that he should go, and God will spit out a child who is sufficiently committed to God's ways throughout his or her entire life. It's not reducing God to that sort of thing. Proverbs 22, verse 6 is not saying that if you have a child who's left the faith, it means that you did not do your job well enough. Proverbs are general statements about the world as God created it to be. Proverbs are not guarantees about what must happen so long as you do your own part. You and I need to understand that if we're to understand the Proverbs in general. But if you just open up again, or if your Bible's already open, you take a look at Proverbs 22, this becomes very clear just in this one chapter of this book of Proverbs. And let me explain how that is so. Proverbs 22, verse 4 says this, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and 
honor and life. Now, let me tell you this. You should not read that and think, well, I don't have riches, so I must not be humble enough. It's not a promise that the more humble you are, the richer you're going to get. That's not the way that Proverbs work. It's talking about the good of humility and the blessing that tends to come to those who are humble. Let's take a look at another one. Proverbs 22, verse 10. Drive out a scoffer and strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. And you might say, well, I drove out a scoffer last month. I drive out scoffers with the best of them and yet there's still quarreling in my household. Or maybe you're like, I don't even know how to drive out a scoffer at all. Is that why there's quarreling in the course of my household? It's saying, hey, somebody that tends to make fun of things and always tear down That's going to lead to argument. It's going to lead to strife. And so if you avoid such people, you're going to bring about peace for yourself. Or let me give to you two more. Proverbs 22, verse 11. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. And at the very end, Proverbs 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Again, this is not saying, hey, uh, zero kings for friends for you. You must not love purity of heart enough. If you loved purity of heart, you'd be adding kings that would be your friends. You're like, yeah, I don't have a single king. That's a friend. Or you might wonder, you know, I'm, I've really gotten skilled at my task. Why hasn't Charles called and invite me to stand in, you know, his court? Because I feel like I'm a pretty skillful artisan. No, no, no. Proverbs is not saying, yeah, you're guaranteed to have an audience with a king if you get good enough at your craft work. No. It's saying that, that if you develop your abilities and your skills, that, that people who are discerning are going to be able to see and take note. People are going to witness that. That's what the Proverbs are all about. They're not guarantees or promises. And we, do, we don't do justice to God's word if we think, hey, I've put in my part. That means I'm guaranteed this result with my particular child. So with Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, sometimes there's guilt. That becomes, uh, just starts to take up residence in the heart of a parent because they look at a wayward child and they think, this all must be my fault. I should have done more. If only I had done more, this wouldn't have happened. And if you need further proof, I give you this. God is the only perfect parent that exists in the world and his child Israel was always rebelling and his child the church is always rebelling. You and I are his child if we trust in him. And yet, if you are honest with yourself, and if I am honest with myself, there are times when we have rebelled, when we've chosen against God, when we've departed from his way. And this is despite the fact that we have a perfect father to us, that there is no parent who is better and as I took a look, take a look at the Old Testament and I see the ways that Israel again and again and again and again is leaving the path of the Lord God, it is sometimes astounding to me until I look at myself or I look at the American church and I realize again and again and again, we are choosing our own way rather than God's way. And I realize that our perfectly perfect heavenly father 
has some pretty messed up kids that he keeps loving. We're unruly. We're disobedient. We're a bad example. It's why he had to send his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, his only sinless son, to die for us, to rise for us, to redeem us, to call us back, to draw us back into his family. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukemai. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now more from Pastor Derek in our series called Proverbs, A Beautiful Life. On the book of Proverbs, which is a book in the Bible that is full of wisdom, poetry, beauty, and instructs us on what the beautiful life is and how we can live it. I want to begin by hopefully speaking a word of comfort, a word to relieve the guilt of the father or the mother who wonders what he or she did wrong, that some of his or her children have gone their own way. Proverbs are not giving us guarantees that are saying if you're sufficiently faithful in your instruction, you're guaranteed a certain result. All right? I hope that that's clear. Now, having said all of that, I want for us to do the work of considering our own hearts and our own families and our own practices, the reality that make up our own lives. Are we training up our children in the way that they should go? If your child, answer this honestly, if your child were to follow the example that you set in your life and in your instruction, would they chiefly end up being a faithful Christian, a good member of the church? Or in following your example, would something take priority in their life, something else? Preach this to myself. What would they love most? Would it be God and his ways? Or would it be golf? or cooking, or grilling, or working, or family, or making money, or spending money, or TV, or video games, or cars, or any other sorts of things. If you are honest with yourself, what are you raising your children to most love and cherish? What most characterizes your life and will likely characterize the way that they live or exist? And that takes us to the second part, to press in to the wisdom of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Again, this involves every single member of the church. All of us who have made vows to children who are in our midst. Every one of us who has said with a clear conscience that we are committed to this and have seen some of the children of the congregation up in the front of the sanctuary at the beginning of the service today and uh, and love them because they're a part of us and want them to know Jesus. Every member of the church becomes something of a parent to the children that we welcome. And that means that your call is to faithfulness and goodness at every moment of your life, setting an example, no matter how old you get, being committed to this reality, to train up children to know and love Jesus. And as we take seriously this call to train up children, I want to make use in some parts of this, of a tool that was written by my friend Chris Gansky. I'm going to use some of 
The points that he makes, I want to discuss some of them as we think about this call to train up children. I want to make some statements and then think about them along with you. As we think about training up children, I want to own a few things. Here's number one. The single greatest gift that you can give your children is your own love for God. We don't love our kids better by prioritizing them more than we prioritize our own love for God. It's precisely when we love God most that we can love them best because the love of God is the love that orders and elevates and purifies all other loves. The the genuineness of your own faith will always be the strongest witness and testimony to the reality of Christ in their lives. God will be the most real to the children in our own families and our own congregation when he's most real within us, within our hearts, within our lives. If we and when we press into this reality, this will be what is communicated to our children. And if you want to train up the children in this congregation or the children in your own family, the most important thing that you can do is to genuinely love God yourself. It's not surprising when there are those who, you know, have some sort of appreciation for God or a higher power, have kids that like don't, and then sometimes they're shocked and it's like, man, I thought that my, you know, once a year in church was really going to communicate to once a year in church for my children. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And so the question for us is, do you have a sense of how the vitality and depth of your own love for God impacts the spiritual life of your own kids. All right, here's the second thing for us. You can't outsource the catechesis of your children to the church, the Christian school, or to grandparents. You can't outsource the task of training up your own children to other individuals. It's something that you have to be willing to shoulder. Now, there's, there's this beautiful reality that we exist in community, and we have all these sorts of really wonderful resources that work together to all of this, but, but you can't send your kid to the Christian school and say, that's my discipleship. You can't just send your kid to Sunday school and be like, yeah, I've done my work of training up my child because they were pretty regularly in Sunday school and and then neglect it in the household. It's wonderful when these other resources work together with what's taking place in the home, but they don't take, they don't take, uh, you know, they don't take off our responsibility as parents off our shoulders to do this work because we're sending them to other places that are Christian. You parents are the single greatest spiritual influence in the life of your children. And God has given parents the unique responsibility of shaping the moral and spiritual instincts and appetites of their kids. And so shoulder that. Having said that, number three, your children need the regular and consistent presence of the church and the community of faith in their life. And they need it more than they need sports, extracurricular activities, and weekend getaways. Now, please understand, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's here who's criticizing vacations or weekend getaways or sports. All of those things are great, especially if you're good at sports, which is something I always wished for and never was able to have myself. They're good things. It just means that they need to be properly ordered in the course of our lives. 
And the reality for all of us is that the community of faith in a regular and consistent way, the life of the church has to be more important in the lives of our family than these other really good things. The church is a family. It's where the it's where all of our children learn that like, the Christian faith isn't just something that's true for them. It's not just true for, for your family. But the Christian faith is a kingdom-claiming reality with a cosmic scope. It's where kids learn to worship with other believers. Where they develop the spiritual nurture and care of those who have made vows to them. And so cultivating a sense that our kids belong in the church is so important in training up a child in the way that they should go. Here's a fourth thing for us. You have to give your kids a grand central story that's grounded in the gospel. One of the things that is so important in the the raising up of our kids is for them to realize that the Bible is for them. And as they read it, they can find themselves within it. Part of the way that we read the Bible in a way that's like compelling and good and beautiful is to read it as this, this, beautiful, this beautiful narrative that explains the world and actually explains our life. And when we read the stories, we actually can find ourselves within the stories. The goal is to, to, to give your child the story of the gospel and for you to develop this yourself too so that when you read the Bible, you realize, Man, I fit in there too. I'm one of these people that meets and that needs Jesus. I'm one of these people that's being invited by Jesus to deny myself and to take up my cross and to follow after Jesus in obedience and love. That's an invitation that he's giving not just to the disciples who are there, but, but I'm in there too. And I'm being invited by him to do the same thing. The Bible is, is God's word, and God loved us so much that he wrote a book for us, and he gave us this book for us, and it's brilliant literature all throughout all of it, and it explains, it explains everything that we encounter, and if, if you're able to cultivate within yourself and within your children an understanding that they fit in that, well, it's going to make all the other pieces come together. Every single... Um, culture always has stories that they tell about who we are and what really gives us meaning. Every culture has stories that they tell about God or, or the absence of God. And the culture in which we live will regularly be transmitting stories to us about what will make your life valuable or important. If you spend any time on the internet or on Facebook or on Instagram, there will be a whole host of narratives that will be there just giving to you the sense of what really matters is, oh man, a whole host of different things, political engagement or hustle culture or having a certain sort of you know, status or life or making this amount of money. These sorts of narratives will just bombard all of us that engage in this world at all. And there has to be, there must be, the beautiful story of a God who loved the world and the people that he created enough to be able to take on flesh and redeem us to himself. And that beautiful call needs to cut through all that other nonsense. It's a part of how we are invited to engage and to train and to teach. At its core, training up our children is formation in the story of the gospel. That's what we're invited to. Here's number five. The best way to protect your children from the world is to teach them how to fight. Please understand what I mean by all of this. I'm not telling you to raise up kids that are itching to punch somebody in the face. I'm not 
telling you to raise up kids that are eager to snarl or to sneer. I am telling you that we must explicitly teach our kids that belonging to the Christian family, that being a Christian means belonging to a countercultural way of living that puts us in tension with the passing away world. We need to be diligent to protect our kids from subtle and destructive influences of the world that's always seeking to co-opt their hearts or imaginations. Stories that come in subtle and innocent forms but tell us to prize ourself more than anything else. As you teach your children to fight, you teach them to do it in the way of the Lord Jesus who came telling the truth and, and experiencing opposition but laying down his life for the sake of you and me. This will enable our kids to engage the world not from a place of fear or reaction, but loving and curious and critical engagement. Here's number six. As you train up your children, labor mightily at maintaining a deep and consistent liturgical life in the home. Kids need ritual. They thrive and depend on consistent structures and patterns of living. Ritual shapes their desires and their imagination. The rituals of our life reflect the organizing love of our lives. We find the most liturgy and ritual among the things we love the most. And without ritual, our lives become chaotic and formless, and our loves wax and wane. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.